Let's sing it again. Praise the Lord. glad we're not holding ourselves tonight. Well, we'd be as wishy-washy like a bunch of marshmallows on a stick over a fire, just ooey-gooey running here and there. There's something bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's way bigger than the devil, bigger than sickness, bigger than trouble, bigger than heartaches. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, aren't you glad to be in church tonight? Well, I don't know how you feel about it to me. It's one of the greatest highlights of my life, being in the house of God with the saints of God. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the Song of Solomon, if you would, again tonight, chapter 7, verse 11. I guess some of y'all are already wondering if I'm ever going to get done with this Song of Solomon. I'm not really sure. I guess the only thing that you ought to be thankful for is there's only eight chapters. If this was like the book of Psalms where it had all them chapters in the 988th year of the millennium, we'd still be doing the Song of Solomon series. Aren't you glad God's Word is that wonderful? Amen. Amen. It's that full. It's that great. Come, my beloved, let us go into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. I want you to notice now. What she's talking about isn't cherubims, seraphims, zunes, horizontal rainbow. Listen to all these words that she's using. Let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourishes. Whether the tender, so what are we talking about? Things on the earth. 
We're not talking about heavenly realms. We're talking about things on the earth. You see, this has been the, one of the focal points of God's grand design by his eternal purpose is that heaven and earth could be blended together. Let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grape appear, and the pomegranates, again, natural fruit of the earth, bud forth, there will I give thee my loves. The mandrakes, again, a natural plant of the earth, give a... So apparently, in her glorified body, she still has senses. And at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. Now listen to one of the part of the mysterious parts of the millennium. Question answers 1962. At the return of the church, the bride, the bride in Christ, shall walk out upon their ashes in the millennium when the earth is purified by fire and there they shall reign. And the heathens that's never heard the gospel shall be raised in that time. And the sons of God will be manifested. Now this is part of who we're going to rule and reign over. This is actually part of who will be converted in the messianic kingdom. And the heathens that's never heard the gospel. Now remember, God's got to be just. He can never bring people before the white throne and judge them for turning down the gospel if they'd never heard it. In his sovereignty, he has kept millions, millions, down to the ages from hearing it on purpose. But they will get their chance. He said if he's to reign, he's got to have something to reign over. He's got a domain. And they ruled and reigned with Christ. And Christ ruled with a rod of iron, the nations and the gospel, the manifested sons of God with the authority just like he had when he was here. There will come the millennium in that rain sea upon the ashes. Praise God. We'd like to be remembered in prayer tonight before the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace and mercy to us, Lord. We all stand here tonight, dear God, in need, whether it's natural, physical, spiritual, psychological, mental, whatever it is. But Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you made a way for us, that you, our almighty God, loved us so much that you didn't just provide our heavenly restoration for our souls to be renewed set back in line with the attributes of your thinking. But you loved us so much, you made a way for a simple headache to be healed. Or a toothache. Or even somebody with a a beloved animal that they'd love, a dog or whatever more. And yet, though it may seem foolish to some, but yet, Father, we know you're so concerned that one day a little bitty fishy down in the Dale Hollow Lake, whenever he was swimming or laying dead, rather, on top of the water, The Spirit of God spoke his little life back into him, and he darted back down into the water to prove that you were concerned about small things. 
Speak to us tonight, would you, Father, from your word. We're so in need of you tonight. We're so happy to be gathered together again in your presence, Lord. But we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus, our Savior. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm sure that you realize already that the millennium is one of the major revelations of the Scripture. Actually, when you go to looking at it, the Bible talks about the millennium more than it does the rapture. The Scripture talks about the millennium more than it does his actual first coming. Now, you think about what a great thing the first coming was, but yet there's more Scriptures that actually speak directly about the millennium than his first coming. So I ask you, do you think it's important? So if there's more Scripture that speaks about the millennium than there would be Hitler, than there would be Nebuchadnezzar, that there would be the powers of the world and the dominions and the kingdoms that would live down through 6,000 years of the span of time, it must be an important thing to God. So as we look at it, let us hold that in mind. Actually, whenever we move from here to the eighth day, you'll find out that there's more spoken of about the millennium than there is the eternal day. Now, there's types, there's scriptures, of course, speaking about the eighth day, but it seems as if though he wanted more said about the seventh day than he did the eighth, as if he wanted to keep a great portion of it a mystery, as if to hold her in suspense for the hour and the time. And what she would be under the anticipation. The prophet picks up that anticipation in the future home. He said, oh, can't you just imagine it, little bride? When the divine architect has gone away for a divinely bought attribute with the divine love. And it goes down through all these divine, 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 divine. He said, you ever wonder what it would look like, little bride? He said, let us just get a little bit of a glimpse or a view of what it was. But the millennium fulfills purposes about the destiny of the earth. The destiny of the people of God. The destiny of Israel as a nation. And the destiny of consummating man's ever-searching desire. To be able to believe that if he by society and social improvement could move by politics upon the peoples of the earth that he would be able to bring a status of peace and bliss upon the earth. The millennium once and for all will prove that even by social status, by peace on the earth, by reform, not by politics, but by the Son of God, that even after all of that is done, man in his fallen nature is still lost. But what do politicians say? Oh, let me be your president. I'll tell you one thing. I'll do this and that and the other. (coughs) If you believe that, you're as crazy as he is. Let us Republicans run the house and we'll make a mess. Oh, that's what I say. I'm sorry. 
Let us Democrats get back in and we'll make absolute utter chaos. That's my words now. I don't care who they are, friend. They can't run a world. There's only one being that can run a world. (coughs) Whenever the Lord Jesus came to the earth, it, it was hidden in his mission as well as his preaching. The golden privilege, opportunity, perception, manifestation, and desire of the eternal was hid in the very words of a prayer that many of us have probably prayed over and over again. Yet something so simple and so profound. Notice in Matthew 6, (coughs) excuse me, the devil, you might as well just go ahead and leave because we're going to have church and I'm going to preach. <coughs> Notice in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now watch verse 10. Thy kingdom Come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now this prayer has not been answered yet, but think of it, we can only be three and a half years from it beginning. If the rapture comes today, three and a half years from now, we'll be in the millennium. Think how close we could be, friends. Now, notice him, the Lord Jesus, teaching to the disciples and to the followers through the ages that would come that it would be part of our prayer that we would be praying not just for our light bill to be paid, not for our car payment to be paid, our boat bill, and all of our other bills to be paid, but that we would be praying that the kingdom of God would appear. And that the will of the Father would be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I wonder how many of us pray that way. Or are we so concerned with the things of life and things that we want and things that we think we need that we think God will automatically just do all of this on his own. But there must be a coinciding together of the will of God and the will and desire of the bride in order to petition him. Think about it. What if one of the links together with the rapture is the bride crying out, come Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, the longer I live here, the more I pray it. We got trouble everywhere. We got heartache. We got sickness. Our world has never been in the shape as in. Are you you feeling the same way? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. To me, the Lord Jesus did not mince words. And he did not say words that did not have a value. So if he would tell us that we ought to pray this way, then there must be something that binds to the very heart of God with the very petition of the elect that are asking for the kingdom of God to come upon the earth. Again, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the New Testament, 
Testament makes it clear that the kingdom has already started being revealed in the earth whenever the Lord Jesus came. Now if you study this in the four gospels, you know that one of the first things Jesus started preaching was, following John, that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, as he would use both terms, is at hand. When he sent the disciples out two by two, they started preaching the same thing. Whenever the Holy Ghost come, they started preaching the same thing with a greater emphasis. But now it was the presence of the invisible king establishing the kingdom of God in the hearts of his children. But there is still a visible kingdom that is to come. Praise God. Now, we thank God for the kingdom of God by which the Holy Ghost lives in our heart, do we not? But yet we know that there's more to that. Now, watch this. How that God in Ephesians 1.9, the centerpiece, let's say it this way, the centerpiece of God's purpose in bringing the heavens and the earth together. But there must be a medium or a channel or a mediator by which God would be able to achieve such a goal. Since God had allowed the earth to be able to be an expanse over which he had put many of his great works, not all of them, of course, in the earth, but many of them, the special favors and so on. But yet after the man had fallen, then there was a great debt that needed to be paid in order for the earth to be reconciled back into heaven's view. And so God must come forth himself since he was the only one that was not under the penalty of death. Yet God cannot die as a spirit. He's eternal. So God must condescend into a lower form of himself. A lower form of himself. A lower form of himself. Which was what? What we call the son of God or the sonship. Now in this what the son is going to be. He's actually going to be heaven and he's going to be earth in the very same unit. This is how God will reconcile heaven and earth together. Because if you've got a being which is only heavenly, how can he relate to earthly? And if you've got a being which is only earthly, born of earthly matter, molecules, time, light, so on, how can he ever relate to heavenly? So what you need is something that is both divine and human at the same time. Now watch how Paul captures this in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. That's without mine and your consent. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him. Now the very reason that God can do this in Christos or the anointed one is because it is answering to the epitome of what the Lord Jesus was. He was the gathering together of the heart of God and the need of man. And the heart of God could not minister to the need of man because the gap that that was between them was so far away that he could not be reached neither could the divine one come down and condescend the eternal cannot die so God had to become a man himself 
Now we know when he was born, he was the Word. That's right. He was the Word made flesh. We know that he received the fullness of the Spirit, of course, at the river. But when he was born, he was already the Word. He was not a normal baby. He was not a normal boy at 8 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, whatever. He was different. When the kings come to worship him, they did not worship him, which they said was going to be, but they worshiped him as the king right there. So there was a supernatural anointing that moved beyond their sight. Can you imagine worshiping a baby and saying he is the king? You imagine there was something that revelated their hearts and helped them to see that. Now it's the same with us today. I know you may look at me and think, Brother Donnie, how in the world can you preach about the eighth day and preach about the millennium and preach about the rapture? Are, are you totally unaware of the problems we're dealing with? Believe me, my friend, I'm aware probably more than you are because I, you, you have yours and you've got yours and you've got yours yeah I understand and I deal with yours and yours and yours plus people's all over the world plus mine plus everything else in the world you can imagine but this right here is more eternal than our troubles are now we can focus on our troubles if we want to all the time and tell me has worry ever helped you solve anything has fretting and, and getting sick and all torn up because of difficulties you're going to face has worry ever delivered you one time out of the lion's den? Has frustration and all that ever helped you in the time of need? Of course not. But what will do it? Face in the promises of God. Now, to me, you know, God wanted to establish this in his very own heart. So the reconciliation of heaven and earth actually began whenever God himself condescended to become. One of his own thoughts, that thought condescended to come out of his body. And Jesus and John, of course, says it this way in the prayer. He said, Father, they believe that I came out from you. So Jesus himself gives us an insight into the mystery after Judas is gone to where he actually came from. He came out of God. Now remember, God is not a man. God is not a human being. God is light. God is fire. God is invisible. God is eternal. That's right. So God then wanted to reconcile and bring man and, and God back together, bring heavens and earth together. When the Lord Jesus is baptized by John in the river and the Holy Ghost comes down, heavens and earth embraced and kissed each other. So the dove comes down, the father comes down and embraces the son, the earth, heavens embrace the earth and God said this is my part of the earth and from this part of the earth I will redeem the rest of it. So God, you know God, even though he looks around, he's concerned about the things going on in the world, but God isn't a bit more worried than this coming to pass and nothing. God knows that it will. Remember God has seen the earth already in several stages and actually the, the earth has been in worse stage than what it's in right now. We know the chaotic state by which Genesis 2-1-2 gives us the state of the earth. It was much worse than anything you and I have ever seen in our life. And it was in such a stage of a chaos, a climactic thing that had taken place on the earth and yet that did not move the Father at all. But he kept moving toward his word and speaking what he wanted the earth to become. So God didn't just 
just look at there and say, oh, it's so sad and so pitiful. I'm so tore up about it. But God said, let there be, and there was. So instead of God just feeling sorry for the earth and feeling sorry for the earth, God said, let me help you out. I believe that's the way God wants to do for us. Amen. I'd rather have his deliverance and just his sympathy 24-7. Now, when Jesus comes back, he will establish in this kingdom upon the earth where heaven and earth will actually come together and will merge. Now, Paul says it again in the dispensation of the fullness of times. He might gather together in one all things in Christ which are in heaven, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So the heavenly and the earthly realm will start merging together in the millennium and will finalize or consummate in the eighth day. Now notice this, God actually made the earth in the beginning and laid the foundation of such a secure material which was of his word that the earth would never be destroyed though it would come through terrific times. Now we don't know exactly how many times that the earth has actually been in this climactic state but the geological records bear true that the earth has been in such chaos and times of darkness who knows how many times But we know from Genesis 1 verse 1 to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 that something happened and the earth entered into this void, no, dark type of thing. And we know from the archaeological records and the digs and geological and so on, paleontologists finding up all these things that they find, that the earth bears the records of many geological horrific things that has happened to her already. Right? But yet it does not change, amen, it does not change that her foundation is of an eternal quality. Now when God made her, he could have made her as he did other things in time so they would only coming from that part of his mind, they would live in time, exist in time, and cease to exist. But the earth did not come from the time slot of God's mind. But the earth came from the eternal, the same place you did. If you're one of his attributes. Well, praise the Lord. Now, notice David in Psalms 37, 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So if the meek's going to inherit it and the meek are going to live forever, then the earth has to be here forever. You agree with that? Verse 28. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. I just read about you. Somebody should have said glory. The saints are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. You're not getting stars. You're getting land. Let them go to Mars. They ain't going to find that somewhere. They get to, I don't want to Mars. I, I don't want Saturn. I don't want Jupiter. This is my home right here. Right. Notice Psalm 78, 69. And he built his sanctuary like high palaces, like the earth which he hath established forever. So the earth then was built, brought into existence out of elements from the eternal which would never pass away. And then think about it, then your name was wrote and placed on his book before the foundation of the world was ever laid. And the earth will never pass away. It was established forever and your name was wrote on his book before the world was ever formed. 
Psalms 104 verse 5, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. How long would it last? Forever. It makes no difference the great things that has happened upon it. In the end, God will fully redeem it by the merging of the Lord Jesus, humanity and deity. The earth can shout, amen, that she's going to be fully redeemed. Notice this in future home. The world is one of his attributes just the same as you are one of his attributes. The world becomes one of his attributes because it was God's thinking in the beginning to have a world world, to be on a throne, to be a king, to be a redeemer, to be a healer. That's his attribute. So then God created the universe, and let's look at it this way, in two distinct uh, measures or distinct realms, and one of them was the earth, the stars, the elements, cosmic light, stratosphere, hemisphere, all those things, which would be able to be visible by atoms and time and molecules and rays of light and so on and then God made another one which was the heavens all of that exists of course in a realm which the natural eye cannot see in the earthly realm man becomes into his full expression as a human being in this sphere by which he can be able to touch and be able to see and be able to taste and be able to reproduce himself so man reaches the heights of what he is in where the earthly realm. Even those now who have gone beyond the curtain of time and are living in a theophany body. They are not in their full expression in that form, although that is the word form body, but they told the prophet, we don't eat here. We don't sleep here. We don't drink here. But they was wanting to go back to earth and drink some water. You imagine they wanted to go back to earth as he related in the adoption series and said, oh, I'd like to go down there and drink some water and I'd like to eat some of them grapes down yonder. But of course, we don't eat up here. I see often it does not have a digestive tract. So they don't need water in the sixth dimension or food. But they were not made to remain in a theophany body. It is an angelic temple that does, oh, glory be to God, that does not eat in the way we do. So they were desiring more of the human expression that they had known where they were mortals on the earth. Praise be to God. So the heavens openly manifest, of course, the grace of God in a way that we've never quite known him. But yet the earth also manifests the power of God in the way that the heavens cannot declare. Well, praise God. I can be able to stand and testify that God can save a sinner. Ask Pluto if it can. Ask Uranus, ask any of the stars, any of the great elements of the heavens, if they can stand up and say they've got the Holy Ghost. I can. So I can testify about a measure of the greatness and the grace of God that the heavens themselves cannot say that God has done for me. And so can you as the people of God. So the millennium is the beginning of ushering in the finale, which it winds up to being the eighth day. But it's merging with the kingdom of heaven begins its coming down upon the earth. So 2,000 years now the saints have been going into this temporary place 
place, which paradise was emptied, of course, when the Lord Jesus came. They're going into this body now where they wait for the resurrection. But yet that is not the body that they will wind up in. It is an invisible realm which can only be seen by supernatural eyes. But then notice then on the earth will be those in glorified bodies. There'll be two categories of kings. There will be the spiritual kings of Revelation 5 and there'll also be the natural kings on the earth. Amazing how God blends all this together. But he wants it to be a dominion upon the earth under the headship of the Lord Jesus. It'll be under the messianic kingdom and it will be by his own government. Now remember it won't just be church every day per se but it will be people uh, growing crops. They will be planting. They'll be taking care of their herds. Uh, those natural people on the outside raising children. They will be going to church as it was and they'll be going to school. They'll be actually doing lots of things that we do in this life except it will not be the separation of church and state. Our government don't want that today. They don't want church and state. Europe don't want that. Africa don't want it. But we do. Why? We're millennium subjects. Now this is the way God intended. This is the way it was in the Garden of Eden. That God wanted, it would have finally bled to this of course, that church and state would have been under the very same headship. You know it's the same way with people in their lives. Many people are that way in their Christianity. They want state separate from church. So they want to live the life they want to live under the auspices of their state government themselves. Now this is their state government. They'll dress the way they want to dress. They'll do this and that and the other. Now God, you leave me alone and I'm going to run state the way I want to run it. And then I'm going to run church the way I want to run it. But I'm not going to merge them together. Well, you need the Holy Ghost. Because if you ever get the Holy Ghost, church and state will be under the same headship. So your body will come under. Oh, I wish somebody hear me preach tonight. Your body will come under the control of the headship of the king that's in the throne of your heart. Then church and state are not fighting. Oh, we cannot put this over here in the courthouse. We can't do this. Oh, my goodness. Every year, Christmas time, you know how a bunch of these knot heads are. They got to go around petition. I read one before Christmas where some guy out in California, no wonder, out in California seen the candy canes and said, he looked at it and turned it upside down and it looked like a J which meant Jesus and he thought candy canes ought to be outlawed they need to whoop him with a wet noodle don't they I mean you think Lord have mercy people so scared you're going to see a baby Jesus or a manger somewhere on the courthouse brother I'll tell you one thing you don't want to live in the millennium because every government, every king, every school, every aspect of society will be totally and completely God-oriented. Amen. If you plow your field, it'll be God-oriented. If you reap your harvest, it'll be God-oriented. Everything will be based upon the kingdom of God. Notice now Psalms 2, many of you have been following along with this, I'm sure you already know. Psalms 2 is the Messianic, one of the Messianic Psalms, but it doesn't apply to the first advent of our Lord, but it does to his literal second coming in the kingdom age of the millennium. Notice Psalms 2, 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee, Who? 
the heathen for thine inheritance and along with the heathen the outermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Now, I don't want to go too far over your head, but you remember, of course, in the beginning when God made the earth, it was not divided in continents the way we have it today. No, there was the major continent, Gondwana, and as time went on and the earth tilted on its axis and the fog and the mist and the vapor and all that fell, then God changed the continents and they divided, placed bodies of water, masses in between them. But in the beginning, it wasn't that way. As a matter of fact, if you've ever looked at it, and you see when they draw the continents together through a computer, and they pull them all together, all the continents on the earth just interlock and fit like one gigantic landmass. God don't believe in church splits. He don't believe in landmass splits. Now what's this? So actually before we get into the eighth day, much of the restoration will start under the tribulation period of the sixth seal. Because great earthquakes will already start shaking. Things will already start happening. Oh, you hear so much about it, you know, climate change, climate change. Oh, the earth is doomed, it's doomed, it's doomed. My, if we raise up, you know, 1.3 degrees, we are already doomed. There's no way for us to ever be able to live and survive. I don't know how exactly how they figured that. Since they core drilled down into the Arctic in the very bottom of the sea, covered with over a mile thick of ice, and found tropical ferns, trees, plants, and from the gases released in the core drill, they said 55 million years ago, the average temperature in the Arctic would have been 74, the perfect Ideal vacation spot. You want to go, huh? Don't you understand what happened? You see, friend, because the Arctic is on the North Pole and the Antarctic, which is even worse than that, on the South Pole, it changes nothing. God will bring this earth back to its ideal position. The ice means nothing. Oh, if we could only see our troubles, our sicknesses, our diseases, and go cordial beyond our anxieties, and cordial, oh my, beyond all of our problems and our worries, and cordial down to where we, what we were, what would we find out? We would find tropical plants. We would find the residue of all of these great things of who we are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Can you imagine in the Glen Canyon in Arizona, the southern part of Utah, the northern part of Arizona, some of it 4,000 feet in elevation, and yet tens of thousands of fossil oysters. Fish, vertebrae, crocodiles. 
You're familiar with it, Brother Harvey. Y'all used to live right there. Right there where Lake Powell is, one of the most beautiful places on the earth. Used to be a gigantic ocean. A sea. You look at it today and sure wouldn't believe it. But God can core drill. God can look past the desert. God can look past the hot beaming sun. And say this is what you were. Praise be to God. And this is what you will be again. Amen. Notice that God will incorporate into the millennium as the sixth seal starts breaking, the islands will start vanishing, some of them. The mountains will start falling in. The millennium preparation already beginning. Now remember the millennium does not get a new birth as it will be an entire new earth, but by the shakings of earthquakes and volcanoes. Don't you understand why? It's so necessary that the tribulation period have so many major earthquakes. It's getting ready for your house. It's leveling out property for you. Amen. Why? It is of the earth. It's under the number seven. How was the earth brought about when God made the expanse and created a great expanse which he called a firmament, which he likened to sapphire and jade and the different colors. It was to separate the heavy moisture above the earth and the, the vapor and the atmosphere which would be breathable that would make a human ability to live on the earth. When God separated that expanse, he knew what would happen upon the earth. He knew the devil would get a hold of it. He knew what sin would do. But God went right ahead and said, I'm going to make these, these foundations as if though they are eternal because they are. I'm going to make them where it will be mine. Oh, brother, sister, you was out there in the world, lost, drunk, lying, everything you was doing. But God said, I'm going to go ahead and sow that seed inside of you because I know you're going to come in. I know you're going to be mine. I know you will be redeemed. I said so. In the millennium, we will be kings and priests and we will rule and reign, but not over each other. You see, the preachers in the message that want to rule over other preachers, they're denominational oriented, not millennium oriented. Bride don't rule over bride and bride don't persecute bride. But we must have somebody to rule over and we're not going to be vindictive of course and mean and just look around to show our authority. No, we're under the very mind of God himself of how he would personally do it if he was there. But he wants us to be a part of his government upon the earth. So he says, ask of me and I shall give you the heathen of thy inheritance and the outermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Now this is of course the father, the invisible, speaking to the visible son. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And that's those who do not obey the word. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings, oh Now we're speaking to some men in this reign. Be wise, ye kings, and be instructed, ye judges of the earth. So we're not talking about sons of God and glorified bodies because they're already instructed by new birth. So there will be kings on the earth that will not have glorified bodies, but every king who rules will be a saved man. 
He ain't like people today that gives people authority they ain't got no character. There won't be one ruler in the millennium without the right type of character for him to reign. He'll be teachable. That's what makes him be able to be ruled. Because he's teachable. Now, he will no longer be identified on the throne of David as a bloody lamb. The days of intercession are over. And yet, there will be people giving their hearts, as we would call it, to the kingdom, to the Lord Jesus, submitting to the kingdom, teaching the kingdom dictates. So how will that come about? Because as king, he will forgive, not as bloody lamb. He will not sit there with blood all over his garments and people come, oh Lord Jesus, please forgive me, please Lord Jesus. No, but it will be as a king's pardon, the word of the king. So there will be people that will come, they're born of course, all of them are born unregenerate, those that are natural bodies, and they will hear about the kingdom message. And they will be converted, not by preacher, hot glory to God, I'll tell you one thing, you bunch of heathens better give your heart to God. I'll tell you one thing, you're going to be blasted down into hell. That's not the way it is. But it's by the government of the kingdom of God. What is it? It's the old world seventh day, the Sabbath, which is reinstituted like it was in the Garden of Eden. There was not preaching going on in the Garden of Eden. What was it? It was the kingdom in the Garden of Eden, and it will be a kingdom that closes it out in the Garden of Eden again. Y'all with me so far? All right, good. Now, so the bloody lamb will not be there in the sense of forgiving sin, but it will be under the dominion of the son of David as they would bring cases to David and they say, you know, David so-and-so did so-and-so. He said, this man needs to do this. This man needs to do that. I forgive you for this. Make this right. Quit that. Stop that. So King Jesus, when people come and say, oh Lord, I was born lost. I I was born a heathen. I was born rebellious. I accept your kingdom. I accept your way. It's the holy way. It's the only way. It's the true way. I pardon you. I forgive you. Praise be to God. Now listen, friends. The Lord spoke this to me the other day. I'll tell you what, I about had a blowout. Every elect member of the economy of God from Adam to Jesus and from Jesus to the 144,000 will be on the earth at the same time in the millennium. I'm going to have to be changed in order to take that. Man, you're talking about a time. All the elect from Adam to Jesus, which is a turning point, and from Jesus plumb up to the 144,000 in the tribulation period, all of the elect will converge on the earth in glorified bodies. Oh, my, it ain't no wonder some of these folks at the end of the millennium is going to want to be gathered. They say, Lord, get me away from all them holy rollers. I ain't never been around so many nuts in my life. Everywhere you look, there's Abraham, there's Isaac, there's Jacob, Jacob, there's Jeremiah, there's Donnie, there's Freya, there's Wes. Everywhere you go, there's them women. I thought I'd get rid of them. Lord, let me out of this place. 
<laughs> oh my. Now in the millennium, whenever we look at this, watch as, the, as, as David God opened to David. It's amazing to me the prophetic understanding that David had writing by the Spirit of God. Yet a man without the Holy Ghost. Psalm 72, 11. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Now keep in mind, everybody in the millennium will not be Israelis. They will not be Jews. There will be Egyptians. There will be Babylonians. Might even be a few heathen Americans. No doubt there will be native Americans. No doubt there will be native Alaskan Indians. Some of the Indians from Peru Peru and Brazil and Argentina. The native peoples, aboriginals. All kinds of people from around the world that never heard the truth. All they knew was there was some being out there, some God, and they made some kind of totem pole and worshipped him, but they never heard the truth. And God knew that, and God will resurrect them, amen, and not in a glorified body, but resurrect them in a human body, and they will come under the dominion of the son of David, and they will be their aboriginal people, or the Apache, or the Cherokee, whatever more, all these different nationalities on the face of the earth except there will only be one language pre Tyre of Babel according to the book of Zephaniah there will be one language praise God notice Psalms 102 verse 15 so the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings Thy glory. Now this is not the glorified sons of God kings. They already did that by birth. So God will allocate natural kings on the earth. And they will be in Ethiopia and in Germany and whatever more. And they will come up to Jerusalem and give the latest commands of doing this and that and the other. And they will carry it back to their peoples. Praise God. Amen. And they will be identified still as nations. Everybody won't be white people. So if you're a white supremacist, get that out of your head. Notice verse 16. When the Lord shall build up Zion, when will the heathen fear the name of the Lord and the kings of the earth his glory? When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Praise be to God. Psalms 138.4 And the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. So they'll come up to the house of God, according to Micah and Isaiah. They'll come up to the house of God and they'll grab a hold of him that is a Jew. Grab a hold of his coat and say, I hear that you're a Jew. I hear that God is with you. Can you tell me the truth? And the Jew will say, yes, I am one of his millennium priests. I was just fixing to go to church. Go with me. Praise be to God. 
And the lamb will be divided in portions from the east to the west. Remember, it's not a pocket here and a pocket here and a pocket there like it was in the first inheritance of the land of Israel to the people of God. But it will all be from east side to west side, just like this in a cylinder. And right in the middle of the land is the portion dedicated to the prince, which is the Lord Jesus. Because that's where Jerusalem is. And it'll be from the Mediterranean, this direction, all the way down to the River Nile. Wow. Think of it. Let me drop you this. It's not big enough yet for the city. So I imagine if you get a hankering every now and then, you can still go back home. Think of it. The city will not set upon the land of Israel. The Mediterranean will still be there. Praise God. Boy, that got you to thinking. Some of you finally woke up. Hello. Notice how these kings will come from everywhere. My, some of them, they won't travel like you, so it may take them days. Because they know there won't be no airplanes and none of that sort of thing to get there. So they may travel from days if the continent again is sealed back together under the seven. If the seven are actually plastered back together and come back together and one landmass them traveling from here to there to there. And they may make their journey as it was from Sheba. To come and hear of the glory of God. Praise be to God. I've heard in my land. But what I heard, the half has not yet been told. I have heard how, oh, blessed are the men servants. Blessed are the maid servants. Oh, blessed are those that get to hear this every day. So the kings from Dedan and from Sheba and from Gog and Megah, wherever they'll be from, coming up and hearing about the wisdom of God and the great things of God, and they turn around and there you are, and they say, you get to live in this every day? Every day. You mean you never have to leave? Never. Praise God. Oh, notice what they'll do. And the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. He will do in the first month what the devil hadn't been able to do in thousands of years. Bring peace over the whole earth. Look what the devil's done with this place. Got hospitals everywhere. Isn't it amazing? Nearly every city you go into, if it's very big at all, you got drugstores everywhere. You got a Walgreens on this corner and a CVS on that corner and another one sitting on that. thing. what in the world's going on? A lot of sick people in the world. There won't be no Walgreens up there. Amen. There won't be no marriage counselors. Glory to God. There won't be no child counselors, hallelujah. There won't be no counselors that way at all because he will bring peace, instantaneous peace. (laughs) 
Notice Isaiah 62, 1. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake will I not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. For the first time, all kings will be saved, man. Imagine if every senator, every congressman, every judge, every policeman, every state trooper, wouldn't that be nice to run into a state trooper that was a Christian? You do know you were going to say, oh God, worse than the day of judgment. I'm telling you what, when them guys walk like. They put that hat on. Brother Donnie, you been pulled over lately? Nope, I want to keep it that way too. But can you imagine living in a world where all the magistrates, all those who issue laws, and all those who make laws come to pass, every one of them have the exact same motive. Not one of them is wanting to be bigger or better or known more than the other. That's gone. That's annihilated. It's down there with him. Can you imagine being chained up with all them devils for a thousand years? I say he deserves every day of it. <laughs> you imagine devils are so mean and so cantankerous, they can't even get along with one another. When they're all slammed up together in one prison for a thousand years and the devil's madder to heart it, you'll be enjoying peace on the earth. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I have a few more minutes? You see, the millennium is essential for the fulfillment of God's covenant promises and finalizing time on the earth. It's essential to be able to prove that man will never reach a utopian paradise by government, political reform, social reform. It can only be brought by God himself. It will be a kingdom of global Israeli supremacy. Oh my goodness. If there was any Muslims listening, they just went, they clicked off. The earth's nations will serve Israel. Well, it's getting hot in here. Y'all ain't Arabs, are you? <laughs> the earth's nations will serve Israel and Jerusalem will be identified as the capital city of Yahweh. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 10, of the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls and their kings shall minister 
unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, God speaking to Israel. But in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. So the Gentile nations living out on the earth and they must come through the settlement of the priest which is the Jews. They must come into the supremacy of Israeli government which God has given them to be. Oh hallelujah. They will be identified as the choice nation of the Lord. And the Gentiles this will be part of their government. This is why I have no problem putting our embassy in Jerusalem. Oh, I know the United Arab Emirates and this and that and the other and all the left, you know, they hate all of that. It ain't no wonder they hate God. Most of all the left, they're not interested in truth. They're going to hell, most of them. If they keep under that influence that they're under right now, there ain't no question about it. They hate the Israel of God. They hate the bride of God. Come on. Don't you understand that spirit, that present? What's it doing? It's getting ready for the tribulation period when once again the 144,000 will be persecuted. That's right. That thing has not died. Anti-Jew, it's not dead. Don't you never believe that? It's well, it's alive. It's in our own nation. It's in part of the Senate. It's in part of the Congress. It's in part of the mayors and the governors and so on and so on. Same thing naturally as they hate the bride spiritually. But let me tell you something. Amen. This bride cannot be annihilated. No more than Israel can be annihilated. Let me find a place to close. Notice then the men will bring their forces of the Gentiles and that their kings may be brought. Notice they'll send their stuff. They'll send things up like the 12 tribes or the 11 tribes brought in their tithes and things to the, to the Levites. Then the nations of the world, the Gentiles, will send their goods and all these things up to the Jews and their kings will come also. And the kings will come in and recognize Israeli supremacy. The way we will recognize apostolic supremacy in the eighth day. The way we recognize fivefold ministry right now. God's always had supremacy, whether you like it or not. I don't like it. Well, go on to hell then if that's what you want. If you're the people of God, you take God's order because you love God's order. Let me find a place to close. Notice for the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations, listen, shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon. You know Lebanon has always been one of Israel's greatest enemies. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee. The fir tree, the pine tree, the box to beautify the place of my sanctuary. So people in the country of Lebanon We'll send up trees. Y'all need anything for the house of God? What about, oh, they won't send this plastic Chinese thing. No. 
I said, y'all need any box trees, any fir trees, any cedars? Oh, we'd be so honored. We'd be so honored from the country of Lebanon to be able to send this place for the house of God. Why? Because God said they'll do it. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. All that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Let's stand. Let's read a few more verses here. Just relax yourself in a standing position. It's been my position for the last hour. So, <laughs> Ezekiel 36, 33. Thus saith the Lord God in the day that I have cleansed you from all your iniquities. I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and the waste shall be built. And the desolate land shall be tilled. Whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. They shall say, this land that was desolate is become, praise God, like the garden of Eden. Can't you see yourself here? You that was desolate and lost, but you become a spiritual garden of Eden with a tree of life blooming in you right now. This land that was desolate become like the Garden of Eden and the waste and desolate ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen and they that are left round about you shall know that I the Lord build the ruined places and plant that which was desolate. I the Lord have spoken it and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. To do it for them, I will increase them with men like a flock. And as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast, so shall the way cities be filled with the flocks of men. And they shall know that I am the Lord. And foreigners will do menial tasks for the Israelites. Isaiah 61, 5. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. And ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory shall you boast yourselves because God will restore Israeli supremacy actually they never had it like this before this curtails and involves part of the promise to Abraham in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed Whoever blesses you will be blessed. That promise runs right on through the millennium. 
You imagine these people? They're not, well, I hate to give it. I reckon I will. Those that come up and they realize Israel's position and they come up, God will bless their crops. My God will bless them. I mean, you just imagine what it's going to be because they recognize this is God's choice. God chose them. So if God chose them, who am I but to say, Amen? What if God chose the bride? Who am I but to say, Amen? If he raised the bride above the church, then who am I but to say, Amen? Praise God. Israel will experience honor and uplifting the very thing they asked the Lord Jesus for when he was here. Will you now restore to us the kingdom of Israel? We're downtrodden. We're beaten down. Are are you going to do it now? You're going to destroy Rome? He said, it's not for you to know the time that the Father has in his care. Here it is right here, Peter. Here it is, John. Oh, praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Lord God, I know all of this being put together, I I know it's overwhelming. We read one of these scriptures on occasion and we pass by it and we hear a quote that alludes to this and it's not so much, but whenever we lay it all together and place it, it's just about breathtaking to think what you what you have in store. Your plan, your program. It's so wonderful to our hearts. And we are just so grateful that we're a part of it. Lord, I don't have to be special. I certainly don't feel like there's nothing about me that would make me any better than anybody else. If I'd be a heathen, never heard the gospel, and be a heathen that was raised up in the millennium. And I lived in the farthest precinct out that you could go on the expanse of the land. And I was one who got to come in once every now and then. That would be more than I deserve. But to have the call of the bride on my heart. And then Lord, to be able to turn around and speak to her. Speak to her of her future. And see what that does to her. Lord, you allowed me, Lord, and other ministers the opportunity and privilege to speak to the Queen of Heaven. What a great, great thing it is. I thank you, my Lord. Lord Jesus, I don't want to be no king. I don't want to be no ruler. I just want to be there. To be there and be with you and be with the people of God. I have no ambition. You know me. You know me, Lord. I don't desire to be somebody important. I don't desire to be nothing in this world except just a saved man, humbled, living for you and doing my best of what you've called me to be. But Lord, if you've allocated us to be this or that or the other, we certainly want to fulfill your great plan and purpose. Thank you tonight, Father, for your word. 
Lord Jesus, if there's a one here tonight or one that's streaming that's not ready, my God, may you move upon their hearts. We know, Lord, that the bride cannot go if there's yet but one name that's not spliced in that blood. The prophet tells us plainly, down in Tampa, 1964, we wonder why the church isn't moving along when there's no revival. He said, but let's say it this way. There would be a little boy, a little girl, born over in Seattle, Washington. That book holds their name. The church will slug along, play along, have meetings and so forth until that child old enough to receive it. And when it does, they'll be gone. I'm glad you're that way because that one could be me. Thank you, Lord. We don't know where they are, how many they are left, but would you bring them in, Lord Jesus? Maybe there's some backsliders. Lord, and we can't go without them either if they're bright. Lord, bring them back, would you? Oh God, every day we get, we get more homesick. Father, look at this world. Oh sure, we're gonna build our houses and churches and whatever more we'll occupy till, till you come and take us away. But we just don't wanna be drunk on the things of this world. Amen. Help us, Lord Jesus. We wanna plant our taters and do everything we can do as you people. We wanna live as if though there's a hundred years before us, but live as if though we could pass in a minute. Grant it, Lord God. Hallelujah. We love you tonight, Father, with all of our hearts. Lord Jesus, would you minister to us, Father? Would you just raise your hands up, friends, in the presence of God? God knows what each of you have need of tonight. Maybe there's so many cataclysmic things in comparing you to the earth that has happened to your heart, your life. As of late, Maybe it seems like you go from one thing to another to another. You get out of one thing and then another hits you. And sometimes you don't even get from one to the other until two hits you at once. But God knows who you are. God knows exactly what we can deal with and never put more on you than what you're able to bear. If you need strength tonight, why don't you just pull from Him? Lord, I need your help. I need your strength, Lord. I need strength for the journey. Praise God. Look beyond all of your polar caps. Look beyond the coldness that you might feel. You imagine the Arctic and the Antarctic for all these thousands, maybe tens of thousands, maybe even longer than that, that they've been covering in this ice. But she bears the record in herself of brighter days. Warmer temperatures. Praise God. Knowing that one day she will be restored saith the Lord. She would be brought back to her place, joined together with the landmass. Praise God. How great you are, Lord. What a plan you have devised. How can men think this just happened? How can they think that this earth just come to be and we come to be on it? And all these things just come to be from a bang. Oh, I believe it's a great big bang, all right. When you spoke and said, let there be, it must have been a bang, all right. Them atoms exploded. Praise God, but it was from your word, Father. 
Help us tonight, Lord Jesus. May the Holy Ghost be able to core drill our souls, core drill our, our situations, Father, and lay it out on the table as it were and say, look here, look here. Before your trouble, you was in me. Before the ice came upon you, before the coldness of your situation, before all of these difficulties, look here. Here is what you used to be. Here is what you were in my thinking. You're my son. You're my daughter. Praise God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Let's just worship him a little bit, saints. Think of it. We could be three and a half years away from this wonderful thing transpiring. But you know what? If it's three and a half or 30 or 500, you can't lose if you're in Christ. What if I die? What if you do? You get a jump start on all the rest of us. The dead in Christ shall rise first. But Brother Donnie, we're getting old. So what? The cordrail tells me where I come from. Amen. The cordrail goes beyond my gray hair. That's right. The cordrail goes beyond all those things inside of us that remind us that we're getting, you know, some age and wearing out and this and that and the other. But you lay the cordrail out and say exactly where it comes from. It tells me I've come from a land where there is no sorrow. I come from a place where there is no suffering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Let's sing something together, can we? Let's just worship the Lord a little bit. Oh, don't you appreciate him, saints? Can you take a brief journey with me before our brother sings? I can see the Logos as he spins it out into eternity. And a clinker comes off the sun and lets it drop for millions and millions of years. Oh, no, wait a minute, Brother Donnie, not millions. I'm quoting a quote. He lets the clinker fall for millions and millions of years. And all of a sudden, he stops the clinker. And that clinker is the earth. So let's core drill the earth, shall we? We send a great drill down into her very soul, where she's from. What do we find inside the earth? Fire. Why? Shows where she come from. The sun. Though she's scarred, though she has battles, though she has trials. Core drill her deep enough, you'll show her origination. The next time the devil likes to remind you of your past, point him toward his future. Because it ain't looking good. And also tell him what your future is. It's looking wonderful. I said, it is looking wonderful. Let's sing together. Lead us in something there. Gonna yes, Lord. Praise God. He's already said that I will. Oh, yes, Lord. I'll keep on By your grace. By your help, Lord. And he's working every single And heaven is in my Amen, Lord. Oh, 
Let's sing it, saints. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord has spoken it. You will. shake hands with somebody and tell them, I'm going to spend eternity with you. I'm going to spend eternity with you, Brother Wes. Brother Fred, I want to spend eternity with you, my brother. I want to spend eternity with you, saints. Those of you streaming this service, I want to spend eternity with you. Brother John, Brother Jack, Brother Skip, all your brothers and sisters, praise God. Want to be a gathering when all the elect from Adam to Jesus, right, and from Jesus to the 144,000, flood the earth and glorified bodies. Oh my, I sat back there the other night and listened to the singing, or it might have been Sunday when the singing, the special sound, I thought, my goodness, what talented people the Lord's give us and the harmony and just the voices. And I, I just thought, what will it be when the greatest voices that have ever sung on the earth you're talking about a time and a millennium. You'll know where me and David and Harry and Larry and some of these brothers are. Pick out the noisiest section of heaven and Brother Joel and we'll be over there singing and a shouting. Think, Lord, have mercy. You know where Brother Donnie is. He's always on that Pentecostal side of the church. Well, to be honest with you, that's the only kind there'll be. There won't be no Baptist side of heaven. They'll all be rejoicing. Even the kings will be rejoicing and singing and worshiping God. Let's sing it together just before we go. Listen to these words. I'm going home. Yes, Lord. I'm going when you're going, soon. I'm going soon. Where are you going to? 
you mean you don't belong here you don't fit in this world hallelujah I've always been hallelujah thank you Jesus stranger we're pilgrims Lord God but now I'm going praise God everybody sing it together Thank you, Jesus. I'm going home. I'm going soon. I'm going where I belong. I've always been a stranger here, but now I'm going home. No more tears.
Imagine one day when the holy fire of God comes from God out of heaven. It will go down through the deserts of Arizona, all the way to the east coast, come around the world. A place in Nova Scotia, which has fossils that are over 29,000 feet deep. 5,280 feet in a mile. Over 29,000 feet fossils but before the city comes down all of her past will be erased like the Holy Ghost accepts you remember he says that in future home you don't accept it it accepts you so the earth ain't accepting the fire the fire is accepting the earth in order to make it acceptable so the city can come down. It wouldn't be right to have a, you know, all these f- footprints of dinosaurs and all this stuff on the earth. It would still bear the image of the old nature, bear the identity of the old world. It will all be gone away with. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Let's sing it together as we go service in the morning 11. God bless you. I love you, saints, so much. Praise God. I'm bound for that beautiful city My Lord has prepared for His own Where all the redeemed of all ages 
sing glory around the white throne. Sometimes I grow homesick for heaven. There shall be hope. Oh, I'm bound for that beautiful city. My Lord has prepared for his own where all the redeemed of all ages sing glory around the white throne sometimes i grow homesick for heaven and the glories i there shall behold what a joy that will be when my savior i see that beautiful city of gold I'm bound for that beautiful city my Lord has prepared for his own where all the redeemed of all ages sing glory around the white throne Sometimes I grow homesick for heaven And the glories I there shall behold What a joy that will be When my Savior I see In that city of gold Oh, I'm bound for that beautiful city Lord has prepared for his own where all the redeemed of all ages sing glory around the white throne sometimes I grow homesick for heaven and the glories I there shall behold what a joy that will my Savior I see in that beautiful